For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Good morning, Birds fans. And that was Jeff Kerr. Keeping going right up to the beginning of Birds 365. Welcome in. I'm going to call this right off the bat, Jeff Kerr. I'm going to call this a Moral Victory Monday. I know everybody hates that term. Dick Sirianni said that in his press conference. There are no moral victories in the NFL. But guess what? I don't agree with that. <laughs> I don't agree with that. I thought the Eagles... Overall, played pretty well yesterday. We're in the game, obviously, very disappointing. The fact they can't get off the field, which has been a narrative throughout the year against good quarterbacks, and they were facing a good one, a good young one, uh, yesterday and Justin Herbert. And, and we know the numbers. What are they? 32 of 38, 356 yards, two touchdowns. Passer rating of 123.2. And somehow uh, the Eagles lose the game only 27-24. Now, first of all, let's give credit to you. I give you the golf clap and saying that was your exact prediction of the game. You not only predicted the game correctly, you predicted how it would go and that the Eagles wouldn't be able to stop the Chargers late. Uh, they get the field goal, essentially a walk-off. There were two seconds left when Dustin Hopkins hit the easy field goal. Um, larger thoughts from you. I don't want to poison the well. What What are your takeaways from this? And then I'll give you my takeaways. Well, in my takeaways on CBSSports.com, I kind of ripped John McGannon, the new one. Uh, it was, you know, when I had to do why the Eagles lost, I basically pinned it all on John McGannon not going after – the quarterback as much as he should. And when I rewatched the game, it did look like they were trying to do a couple blitz packages, but they just did not send enough guys. They didn't try to get Justin Herbert off the spot. They played the safeties high again. I did not like that. Guys were playing too far off the ball. And that was, you know, Justin Herbert had six incompletions. One was a spike. Um, two were just missed throws by him. I mean, it happens. I mean, look what Jalen Hurts said. Yesterday. Was it two? I saw one, but I haven't wa- I haven't rewatched the game. I'll rewatch yeah, it there, today. There was one. There's another one he threw uh, to Mike Williams. I thought that was a little off, but uh, I, I gotta give Darius Slay credit. I thought Darius Slay actually played a really good game against Mike Williams, and I know Mike Williams is banged up, but uh, you know, it really, it took a 49 yard catch that. Herbert had to put in a perfect spot, and Williams had to die for it just to even get it. So, I mean, that was really the only good defensive play the Eagles made all day, John. Well, I, you know, I'm not going to go that far. Obviously, it's very, it, it's difficult to say the defense played well and the defense did not play well. So, 445 total net yards for the Chargers. Um, I know, look, this is Philadelphia. People are going to talk about the blitz, 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 blitz. I've talked about Jonathan Gannon about this off, you know, uh, off to the side at times. And, you know, I think, and it it was true media who came up with this stat. So, um, and that's Tony Khan's company and uh, analytics company. 
Eagles blitzed more yesterday than they have all season. Now, most of that came in the first half, which I thought was interesting because Avante Maddox went down early, and it was clear they had some blitzes for him in the game plan, and they had to use Andre Saturday. By the way, held up, I think, relatively well when he was out there. And they let him blitz, uh, and and obviously it didn't work. Um, look, sometimes you got to tip your cap to the other guy. I I mean this this is why I call it a moral victory, Jeff. We we talk about eighty percent completion percentage, and this is the fifth time, and that's horrible. We all know, and there's no spinning that. But you look at Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady, who was the who was the fourth one? Who am I missing? Uh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr, uh, and now Justin Herbert. <laughs> Derek Carr was over ninety percent, so I should give him the proper credit. Um, you know, we, we've talked about the first half of the schedule versus the second half of the schedule. Well, the second half, all of a sudden, you know the. Teddy Bridgewater might be the best quarterback next week you're facing. Then it's Trevor Simeon and Daniel Joneses of the world, whoever the Jets are going to roll out there that particular week. And on and on to Taylor Heineke. That's where I go. You know, that's the context. Okay, yeah, they've given up way too many easy completions to great, great, great quarterbacks. But they're great quarterbacks. You've seen this team against Sam Darnold, against Jared Goff. They can they can amp it up against lesser competition, and that's where I think you put in the moral victory aspect. They shouldn't have been in this game. No, no I mean no. I I sit there. This is what I, I'm I'm going to say something that's probably going to upset fans, and it's going to certainly upset the fan throwing bouquets at Nick Sirianni. He got fired up uh, after the game. Nick Sirianni is the best rookie coach in the NFL. He outcoached Brandon Staley. The only reason the Eagles were in the football game is because Brandon Staley allowed them to stay in the football game. You shouldn't be have a chance to win when a quarterback has those numbers and a quarterback is that dominant. But there were the Eagles. I, I thought there were – I know people don't want to hear positive. It's ironic because people say I'm negative. When the Eagles win, they say, I work for the team when the Eagles lose. No, it's called objectivity. It's not the end of the world. They did some good things. They stayed in there. Look, I've said all along, and I'm going to say this as well as my main takeaway. I still don't know what the Eagles have at the quarterback position. I thought that twenty when the Eagles were down 24 to 17, and I thought that was the best drive of the year. For the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought Jalen Hurts was great um, extending the play on the two third and fours, the acrobatic conversion. He made all the throws. He tied the game. The moment, we always talk about the moment not being too big for Jalen Hurts, but ultimately, I don't know what we have in this starting quarterback, but I do know what we don't have. And what we don't have is stinking Justin Herbert. Not many teams do, John. I We got to say that. But, yeah, I, I got to – look, this is one thing I loved about Nick Sirianni yesterday. And, I, you know, I think I talked about this with you last week. I know I talked about it with Jody Mack. We have more trust in Nick Sirianni continuing to run the ball and continuing to do whatever he could to win a football game than Jonathan Gannon doing what he did against Detroit. And, you know, Sirianni, I think seven of the first eight plays were passes. 
And I'm looking at, okay, Nick, Nick might be trying to get a feel for his quarterback, something like that. And then all of a sudden the run came. And then you used the run to set up the pass. I think that really let Hurts loose. And the only bad throw from Hurts after Nick was starting to run the ball a little bit was that throw to Devonta Smith in the end zone, which is inexcusable. Jalen Hurts has to make that pass. No ifs, ands, or buts. Justin Herbert flicks his wrist. That's a touchdown. So, again, I thought Jalen Hurts played well. I definitely thought he played great in the second half. Seven for eight, 112 yards, perfect passer rating, a touchdown. And his incomplete throw was to throw to Devonta Smith. I mean, it's a throw you got to make, but he still played yeah. great in the second half. Well, and he did leave, and, and to Jalen's credit, he mentioned that he did leave the two touchdowns on the field. There was also the early throw to Dallas Goddard with just a poor throw. Should have been an easy touchdown. You know, that's part of my concern. If you look at the first half, um, and you're right, I, I think, you know, if I you can surmise what Nick Sirianni was thinking, look, the Chargers were banged up in the back half. Uh, let's see if we can bet in the secondary in the back seven. Let's see if we can take advantage of it. Obviously, they think we're going to run the ball. Let's see if we can surprise them early, and it didn't work. And if you look at those first-half stats, Jalen Hurts was 4 of 9 for 54 yards, and then the running game started to pick up, and you saw the wide-open receivers, mainly Devontae Smith. That's what Jalen Hurts can do. He can throw to open receivers. What he can't do is throw with anticipation. He can't throw receivers open, which you have to do in this league, which you saw Justin Herbert do, except for a couple of occasions. Herbert was 15 of 18 for 160 yards and a touchdown in the first half, yet the score was 10 to 7. Now, why was the score 10 to 7? Yeah, Because two fourth down stops. Now, when everyone says about all the bad stuff about Jonathan Gannon, and feel free, plenty of bad, those are turnovers. Those are turnovers. And the Chargers came in as one of the best fourth down teams in football. Oh, they were 9 of 13 on fourth down coming in. Eagles stopped them twice and stayed. That's how they stayed in this game. Now, Brandon Staley would have been a little bit more conservative, taking the field goals. Game's probably over by that point because the Eagles are not capable of coming back, especially with a quarterback that is completing uh, passes and, and doing things as easily as Justin Herbert. And the last thing I'll bring up with you, Jeff, is the defensive line. They stink. They do. <laughs> they stink. Yeah. And that was supposed to be the strength of this team, along with the offensive line. That's how they were built. That was the plan. And guess what? Fletcher Cox isn't playing well. Derek Barnett's not playing well. Josh Sweat's not playing well. And I got news for you. After the great start, Javon Hargrave isn't playing well any longer. They, they dropped back, again, 38 times. Justin Herbert got hit once. And the one time he got hit, it was a blitz. It was Steve Nelson flagged. So what? technically, you know, statistically, he didn't get hit. No sacks, no quarterback hits, no takeaways. All right, if you want to blame Jonathan Gannon and say 
Fletcher plays too much four eye technique or Ryan Kerrigan shouldn't be playing four eye or Josh Sweat. Great. You're telling me these superstars can't get off a block against Storm Norton. And who's that right guard? I, I can't even remember his name. Uh, Jeff. Yeah, who is the right guard? <laughs> that, they, they yeah. had injury. It's a rookie fifth round pick. I know that. Oh, uh, Brandon Hymes. That's it. Yeah. Um, that defensive line stinks. Yeah. Um, I, I'll say this, John. When Derek Barnett got the neutral zone infraction yesterday, I'm like, well, that's four penalties for Derek Barnett this year. He has more um, offensive. Um, neutral zone infraction, defensive all-side penalties, and he does sacks this year. That is not good. I I was furious at that defensive line because, and look, this is where I kept saying, if you have the number two, number three overall pick, you better be getting Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't, I don't care what quarterback situation. They need a difference maker on that defensive line. And Fletcher Cox ain't getting the job done. Look, Javon Hargrave has every right to – you know, throw his defensive coordinator under the bus. But by uh, the way, he did not do that. Anybody, and I get I didn't, why hear, people, I didn't hear the press conference, so, you know. I get why people said it, because what Javon said is, I ain't the defensive coordinator. Now, I I, I know Javon. Javon is just constantly like, this is my job. That was what he was trying to say. I ain't the defensive coordinator. People ask him about blitzes. Yeah, he just does what he's supposed to do. That's what he was trying to impart. I think people took that the wrong way. He'll probably yeah, I, yeah I, didn't, I didn't get to see that part of the press conference yesterday. So I'm like, I, I'm sure there's more to it than that. But. Yeah, he, 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 he was just trying to say, look, you, you do what you're told. You do your job. I think it's ironic because of Philadelphia. Now, they don't blitz a ton, but they blitz more yesterday than they have all season. Yeah, and they, it didn't I, work. Yeah, it I didn't think, work. I think it was like 8.9%. Going into yesterday, and it went up to 14. So, yeah, they definitely blitzed more yesterday. And, you know, you're right. It's Derek Barnett just isn't good. Uh, Josh Sweat, they might have prematurely paid. Um, You know, again, it's not, it hasn't been a good year for them. They, they're just not getting to the quarterback, John. And look, I, I think Justin Herbert, this is what I really like about him. He seems to, I thought the Eagles were going to try to do what Baltimore did yesterday um, against him. And they kind of did. Here's the problem. Justin Herbert, A, learned from it, and B, the Eagles don't have the personnel the Baltimore Ravens have to get Justin Herbert off the spot. And I, I'm thinking to myself, okay, who is going to make a big play for that? Butcher Cox? No. I can see why the Eagles would try to entertain train offers for him. Uh, Javon Hargrave? Well, he's a defensive tackle. You know, this guy ain't Aaron Donald. They got no pressure from the edge rushers whatsoever. You have to send extra guys because their defensive line just can't generate that pressure. It's, it's beyond frustrating how this defense just kind of allows teams to get yards left and right. And, you know, this is where I will defend Gary. He doesn't have the personnel. That's where you got to get a K-Ron coming out. That's where you got to get a difference-making linebacker. There's something in there. You you have to get this defense better this offseason. No, and I, I think people don't realize, and I've said this pretty much since day one, I think people don't realize how much the Eagles miss Brandon Graham and how much that has impacted their defensive line as a whole, his ability to uh, hand handle that uh, sort of base end spot in, in what would be Jonathan Gannon's uh, defense. I, I don't think Josh Sweat is a bad player. I just think he's playing out of position. He's trying to play that base end spot now. He should be the weak side end where Derek Barnett is playing, and I think he'd be fine. 
uh, Fletcher is having the year he's having. Um, and he's not happy with this scheme, but come on. If you're a great player, you can get off a block at times. And he's just not doing it. So whether that's a dissent or um, – which is possible at his age, he's played a lot of football. Maybe he's just a descending player or if he's that unhappy, Howie Roseman probably should have been, uh, had more of a sense of urgency to try to move on from Fletcher Cox. But then you talk about some of the younger players on that defensive line. We talked about the depth. Well, the depth is non-existent. Um, The depth and, and again, this goes back to Brandon Graham. You know, it's great to say Milton Williams, he might be a, a solid player down the road. He's not now. And when you throw in some of those backup defensive tackles, whether it's Marlon Tui Pelotu or, or Hassan Ridgeway, that's been a disaster. I, I, I mean, when you bring, when you bring uh, um, your whole plan on defense is building on this defensive line and building through this defensive line and they don't perform. I I don't know. I, 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 I mean, sure. If it makes you feel better, blame Jonathan Gannon all you want. Um, could he play more press coverage? Certainly with Darius Slay, but then you lose um, Avante Maddox early in the game. He was able to come in for a little bit, but then left again, you lose Slay late. And and then you talk about all these young corners. Four of them didn't even dress. The whole inactive list was corners. You know, Josiah Scott, which would have been nice to have because you lost your nickel corner, but that's sort of you bet. And then the three guys, the Mac McCains of the world, the Tay Gowans, uh, Carrie Benson, obviously, they're not even dressed. Which one of these guys are you going to cut when you have to keep Jordan Howard on? This I team? would think it would be Mac McCain, but you know I haven't seen him. I, if <laughs> if I didn't see his name, I wouldn't know he existed. Um, I would think he would be the guy, but yeah, Jordan Howard uh, has to be on this fifty-three man roster. They're out of practice squad elevations for him. Obviously, Miles Sanders still has another game to go on the injured reserve. So you'd think Jordan Howard would have to be elevated to the 53-man roster, and he's played. He's deserved it. And then I look at the offensive side of the ball. We'll get this in before our first break as well, uh, Jeff, for all the good things. And I said a lot of good things, and obviously they were able to run the football again. What did they end up? They were at uh, 100. 39 carries. I think it was 176 yards, I think it ended up. Yeah, what's where? Yeah, I mean, 176 yards on 39 carries. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's good. <laughs> that's pretty good coming off of uh, a week where you were over 200. But I will say this as well it's not how you want to play in the modern NFL. It's not how you want to play. I, well, I, I mean, that's the quarterback throw a little more. I agree, but. I got to give the coach credit. He's using the run to set them up. I, 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 I know it's. But where are we in this? Where are we? What is? I've been saying this for almost the entire year. What is the goal of this season? And there is a disconnect between um, Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni because Nick Sirianni's just trying to win a football game, and which he should do. He's the head coach. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, again, where are we? 
where are we? Because they certainly don't want to play football this way. They don't want to be trotting out 13 personnel. I, look, I like Jalen Hurts, but and I think the Eagles need to give him the opportunity. Jeff, but, give me your quote one more time about it. It might be half decent, but you see, this is where I'm at now. I don't think their quarterback for 2022 is on this team right now. I I, I hate to admit that because I think Jalen Hurts played well yesterday, well for you know, my standards, and you know I I like Jalen Hurts, but. I just don't see it, John. Uh, it's, you know. Well, you don't well, see it when it's glaring. And this is what I wrote about Philly Voice. It's going to be up today. It's glaring when you see the other side of the field. And you say, that's why the best drive, I'm calling it the best drive of the year for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I said, wow, that was pretty impressive. And they tie the game at 24-24. And then I looked at the other side of the field and I said, uh, you know, you, you let out sort of a sigh. And that's the difference between the margin of error for the way they play is so small when you're playing a great quarterback. And they ran up against a great quarterback. And to me, that's the biggest problem. Of what- I'll, I'll give you one. The Eagles win that game with Justin Herbert's their quarterback yesterday and Jalen Herbert. Oh, they win that game by three touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Staley making mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. They win that game by three touchdowns if you just change the quarterbacks. Three touchdowns. It's insane. Like, you know, and I get Eagles fans that, you know, feel they can do better at quarterback because – they can. And look, this isn't a knock against Jalen Hurts, and he's only played, what, 12, 13 career starts? Okay, fine. Look what Justin Herbert's doing in start 21. You know, look look what Patrick Mahomes did his first two years. Uh, you know, Matthew Stafford's a really good quarterback. Again, you know, Dak Prescott. These are, these are the guys you want. You want that elite-level young franchise quarterback. And Justin Herbert's that guy. Like, I don't know – how the Chargers got the, the gift of God and the Dolphins passing on him, but that franchise is going to be good for a very, very long time, no matter what Brandon Staley does to keep that, you know opposing football teams in the game. And by the way, when I said, because Sander, our producer Xander Krause, put this up on Twitter, when I say Nick Sirianni is the best rookie head coach in football, and by the way, I mean that. He's the best rookie head coach in football. But my larger outline there is why you don't want rookie head coaches and why continuity is better than, yeah. I mean, they all stink. He's just the best of a bad lot. Uh, And we know some of the other circumstances. Obviously, we know Dan Campbell's circumstances and David Culley's circumstances. Arthur Smith is seeming to do a a little bit of a, a better job in recent weeks. But, man, this is the best year for the case of continuity for being the Pittsburgh Steelers, I always like to say, then the alternative always, always, always lean on continuity more than the other thing. And that's where I say, look, if you start, and Jim Schwartz, I I, I say this all the time, used to use the term startup toss. He used to talk about it with young players. You see it all the time with young players. Same thing with the young coaches. You have the startup cost. So if you want to fire Jonathan Gannon or you want to fire Nick Sirianni, that means you just start over. Now, Jeffrey Lurie can go get a veteran coach and you wouldn't have as many problems. But we all know 
you know, the last thing he wants to do is uh, kind of usurp some of the authority seized back post Chip Kelly. Uh, so I don't see him going down that route. So, look, you're going to have growing pains. They had growing pains. We'll continue to talk about this defense and Jonathan Gannon after the break. There's a lot to complain about. But overall, it's a moral victory Monday, Jeff Kerr. It is. It's a moral victory Monday, I'm going to continue to say it. Best game of the year. They played their best game of the year. That Yeah, i got to think about that. I'm going to mull that uh, during the break. Uh, we're going to have, in hour two, we're going to have our buddy Paul Domowicz. He's going to help us break down this game until then. And obviously, he's working with the 3013 with Mike Tannenbaum, Joe Banner. He's also working with us, Billy Mag, Eagles Report. We're going to have Domo, hour two. Before then, Jeff and I will continue the autopsy of the Eagles' latest loss, three and six, but they're still in it. They're still in it. You saw what happened around the NFL. We'll talk about that and much more. Monday edition, Birds 365 coming back. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city. And every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Doctor. Business manager of Local 98 says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
Welcome back, First 365, on a Monday after a very difficult last-second loss to the Los Angeles Chargers. Very close. Jeff Kerr we have uh, sitting in for Jody McDonald. Uh, and Jeff nailed this one, man. Exact score, am I correct? The exact score you got? Exact score in the exact way it was going to end. <laughs> you know, except um, Hopkins kicked the field goal with two seconds left. I, I have walk-off, but it's virtually a walk-off. I'm it should have been a walk-off, but I think there was some clock mismanagement by Lincoln Financial. There were five seconds when he kicked the field goal, I think. Yeah, uh, I, probably, I actually thought Eckler went down when there were like three or four seconds left, but, you know, I – I now, yeah, that's as good as you can get. So we got to give you credit for nailing it. Um, Fine squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Yeah, uh, I hear you. Uh, I, I thought the Eagles had a chance to win this game. It turned out they did have a chance to win this game. So they stuck in it. Um, you know, one score game. We talk about that in the NFL a lot. You know, teams have to learn how to win these close games, have to learn. Uh, how to close these things out. Really disappointing performance. I think if you go down to, again, I talked about maybe the best drive of the season for the Philadelphia Eagles. Certainly from my standpoint, it was when they tied the game up essentially at 24-24. Uh, 6.07 left in the game, Jeff. 6.07 left in the game. Um, they kicked the football off. Uh, to the Chargers, uh, the Eagles never got it back until that kickoff with two seconds left, which was, you know, a disaster. Greg Ward lateral to John Hightower, and he just went backwards. But um, six oh seven, you know, in the NFL they call it four minute offense. They don't call it six oh seven offense. You want to drain the clock. That's exactly what the Chargers were, were able to do, drain the clock. How many plays? I'm going to count them up. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 play drive. 15 yeah. plays. So um, back in the day, uh, way before I started covering the Eagles, I was, when I, back when I was covering high school sports, I used to put on my Twitter bio, uh, John, you probably remember this game, the 2013 wildcard playoff loss to the saints i put a friendly reminder nick Foles left the playoff game with the lead that's what yeah. I, that's what i felt and i i used that for years and years and years in the twitter bio just to remind people that oh before you play nick Foles for the you know where chip kelly liked him or not uh he left his playoff game with the lead and didn't have a turnover so i always like to point that out and it kind of felt that way on sunday with jalen hurts you know he he didn't leave the football game with the lead, but he left it tied, and he never got the ball back. And that's what that drive felt like. Although the kick return didn't go to 50, it was pretty much just monotonous, just moving the ball. And like you said, the four-man offense, whatever the Chargers could do, short completion-wise, they got it. Austin Eckler got the key fourth down, the first one, and then Justin Herbert got the sneak, which, you know, pretty obvious he was going to get. And then the, the big play of that drive, I'm like, well, okay, maybe – Dustin Hopkins will have to kick a 45-yard field goal, and it gives him a chance to miss it. After that Eckler run, which I called the play of the game just because it's made that pretty much a kick shot. Yeah, I mean, that was it. And I, I got to give some credit to Zach McPherson here because if he don't tackle him, I was going to be like, just let him score, you know, and then throw the Hail Mary. But yeah. 
Well, now that was the most disappointing thing to me about the last drive because the second play on that last drive uh, was was uh, a pass to Austin Eckler, which went for fourteen yards. That's the big play, right? Yeah, yeah. But the the big play, which I think you mentioned, uh, was later, um, and that was really you know up the middle for 16 yards where Zach made the tackle and you mentioned, should they let him score or not? But you know, that 16 yard run was the longest run of the game by far. Uh, and if you, if you look at Eckler overall, he, he finished with 17 for 59. So that, that came with, you know, 21 seconds left when that play ended. And that wasn't like Eckler was running hard, Ron. That was get to the middle of the field and set up yeah. Dustin, Dustin Hopkins' run. And yeah. the Eagles just couldn't bring him down. So the Eagles' defense as a whole gave up 89 yards rushing on 27 carries. You take away that 16 right there when they were gassed and on the field for so much. That's a pretty darn good day of stopping the run which makes it more uh, disappointing. I, I mean, they couldn't run the football at all. I joked halfway through the game on Twitter before Jalen Hurts started to show some life, and our buddy Ryan Paganetti agreed with me. I, I feel like if I'm the Chargers, I would never run the ball again, and I'm, I'm the Eagles, I would never pass the ball again because the Eagles were having success at the time running the football. Um you know, in theory, so again, if you take away that 16 yards, uh, you're at, at 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 70, whatever, three yards rushing on 26 carries. And then I look at Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, 12 of 13, receptions to targets. Cook, 4 of 4, Anderson, 4 of 4, Parhan, 3 of 3. It's unbelievable. The ball never hits the ground. It's a seven-on-seven drill. It, it pretty much is. And, you know, back to uh, the, the joke about the Chargers on the football. I saw that firsthand when they played Baltimore. I'm like, how is this team 4-1? They can't run. They Justin Herbert had their best run of that game. Again, when they got blown out by Baltimore, it was a 10-yard run in, in garbage time. Austin Eckler can't run the ball. Josh Jackson can't run the ball. Uh, I mean, no, Justin Jackson, Josh. I'm thinking of the actor for some reason. <laughs> uh, Josh yeah, and then Kelly, remember that fourth down play? Oh, yeah, that's their third string running back, Josh Kelly. I'm like, what is – come on, Eagles. Like, I, and you know, and look, they had a really good day, you know, stopping the run. But the Chargers just – Cannot run the football, and I, I agree with you. By the way, the, the lack, the fact that they did not have a good pass rush against Storm Norton and, and Brandon Hymes is just insulting right now. I, I, when I watch that game a third time, I'm, I'm just going to be like, "Come on, like, you know." Yeah, and you know, Kelly, you mentioned Kelly that I think it was a fourth and two. Rashawn Slater, they they kind of pitched it, and Rashawn Slater had a great block, and you said, "All right, this yeah. is converted." And Kelly was so slow. Uh, reading the block and getting should have been an easy conversion and TJ Edwards. And I think it was Alex Singleton as well. were able to converge and get back in the play and stop it. And again, you got to give the Eagles credit because that's essentially a turnover uh, when you stop a fourth down like that. Um, so there were some good things and it starts on the defensive side of the football with stopping 
uh, the run, but not enough good things. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave I'm gonna give the floor to you, Jeff Kerr, because I want to hear this from Eagles fans, Eagles nations. I want to hear it from you. All right, let's for we'll stipulate the fact we'll say we're in the court of law, so we're gonna stipulate Jonathan Gannon is the worst defensive coordinator in the history of mankind, which I do not believe. He is he's not not that far on my list. JG understands that, but I'm for this segment, I'm gonna stipulate that. What would you do to to make this defense better? Because he has hair, unlike me, unlike you, but if he you know, he's probably pulling it out. He might look like you and I. Well, I mean, first off, in the draft, uh, you know, again, this is after. So that's personnel, though. I mean, right yeah, now. Well, I know, I'm defending him on this. He yeah. doesn't have it. But this is what I would do to adapt to whatever lack of personnel you have. I've said it before. I, I kind of insinuated this on Twitter a little bit. I play a little bit more man coverage. I know that's not a, a thing in John Fagannon, but he has – Darius Slay and Steve Nelson, <clears throat> who can do that. Now, I think they'll attack Steve Nelson a lot more, but I think it's it's more of a necessity. I would definitely blitz the defensive lineman a little more. And again, not that they get home, but I'd send an extra attacker. I'd send them somewhere. That's Those are the two main things I would do. I would kind of do what Nick Sirianni does to hide the flaws of his quarterback and to hide the flaws of his offense. Uh, by the way, by the way, John, we got to talk about this later in the show. Um, the Eagles have no wide receivers outside of Devonta Smith. So. Oh, my God. I'm getting the job. I have Jalen Rager in my notes. <laughs> I, I just We're, thought of that. I'm like, going to get the Jalen Rager. Yeah, yeah. One one uh, catch for negative six yards. But I yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that would be the first thing. You know, if I if I was John Fagan, and I would definitely – look, I know John Fagan does not want to get beat by the big play. Sometimes I think you have to to get your defense a break because they were just gassed in that second half. And the Chargers dominated of time of possession in the first quarter. The second half, they weren't on the field as much because the Eagles were running the ball and Nick Sirianni was taking care of them. But man, they just looked absolutely beat and defeated on that last drive. And I don't think it was from lack of heart, lack of effort, anything. I just think they were on the field too long. And look, if, you're going to give up big plays in this league. I know Jonathan Gann doesn't want to give up big plays, but sometimes, you know, you just got to be a little bit more aggressive. You know, we talk about the flower analogy. The Eagles defense is like a flower right now. They're soft. Well, okay. I'll buy that. And, and, you know, you talk about the big play, the Eagles obviously consider it uh, uh, 20 yard passing plays uh, or, uh, they consider it 10. I think that's a little bit uh, light, but either way, they gave up one in the rushing game. Yeah, the big hit to, to, to Mike Williams, which we talked a little bit about. Other than that, you had a couple 23-yard passes, and that was it. I think um, it's more Justin Herbert being really good than Jonathan Gannon. But. No, yeah. But my, my I guess my question is, who are we blitzing? I well, mean, Avante no, Maddox, Avante Maddox is a, is a good blitzer. I mean, are we blitzing TJ Edwards here? Or are we going to yeah. put on Taylor? Uh, Alex Singleton going to do it? It's, I mean, what corner are we blitzing? It's, yeah. you know, that's well, Avante's pretty good at it, but they lost Avante. No, yeah, he, he wasn't he there. Was able, and they obviously had a couple of Avante 
uh, blitzes in the game plan because Andre Saturate blitzed. He didn't um, play bad yesterday. No, he didn't. Uh, in very difficult circumstances. But I do think it's like, uh, you know, people pick up the Madden controller and think they have Lawrence Taylor at their disposal. The monster blitz. It's the yeah. monster blitz in Madden. It's- yeah. I, I mean, I, I just, again, I think it's more of a personnel issue. I don't think, I mean, Jonathan Gannon learned at the feet of Mike Zimmer, who, by the way, is taking his own hits. He finds a new way to lose every week. But um, from a defensive standpoint, I mean, that's the guy when it comes to A-gap blitzes, overload blitzes, Um you know, but it helps if you have Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks because guess what? You know, if you look at Mike Zimmer's history up until last year, it's unbelievable from a defensive standpoint. Yeah, you top know, one defense every single year. Top top five, top five, top five, top five. Then they lose Anthony Barr. And who's on the field? Eagles fans know him well now. Eric Wilson, top five turns into bottom five. Just like that, even with the guy who knows how to do it, and I put that in quotations, um, look, if they had Darius Leonard from Indy or they had Anthony Barr, you'd see more blitzing. They thought Ryan Kerrigan was going to be that guy, but he's been... No, well, there, I don't think they did because they don't use Ryan Kerrigan. They use Ryan Kerrigan in a weird way. That's where I would... You know, I think there's some criticism to be leveled. Like, why is Brian Kerrigan playing four eye or five? Uh, I, I don't get that one either. I, yeah. I saw that. I saw him in that technique yesterday. I'm like, are we sure we're using Ryan Kerrigan the way we should be using? Him? No, see that I think is a is a valid criticism of Jonathan Gannon. So, some of the personnel he does have, I don't think is being used correctly. I think that kind of stuff is very very fair. But man, I you know, Jannard Avery, T.J. Edwards, and Davion Taylor. Eagles trade a fourth round pick for Jannard Avery. <laughs> you know, I gotta give Les Bowen a lot of credit here. I saw him tweet this this morning because they've had to make up for their terrible wide receivers in the draft. You know, the Eagles haven't really spent a top a, outside of Davion Taylor like a a, you know, a day one to day or first and third round draft pick on like defensive linemen and practically forever. And the ones they have were terrible. You know, Sidney Jones, Rasul Douglas, Marcus Smith, guys like that. And, you know, you're making up for one position, but you're completely neglecting something else because you were so bad at the other position. So they don't even have the personnel to do it. Like Derek Barnett hasn't been good either. It's, they just don't have difference makers. And that's the biggest problem. Yeah, and uh, we'll use that segue to get to the receiver and, and Jalen Rager, so we'll give our buddy Les Bowen credit. But I I will say, you know, one of the things where you're coming up to this draft, and I think we finally saw it yesterday after, um, you know, a couple bad games, I would say, for Devontae Smith. Well, he showed up yesterday in a big way. Uh, that <laughs> That kid's going to be a star when the Eagles get a quarterback that can throw the football like Justin Herbert. Imagine DeMonte Smith with Justin Herbert. That's that's what I'm trying you to get people to get. Chase type numbers. I, yeah. I, I'm dead serious about that. Like, yeah. 
I keep telling people this. Devonta Smith is just as good as Jamar Chase. Do not be fooled. Um, I, I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I don't know if he's that good, but I think he'd be in the ballpark. I think they'd be in the conversation of, 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 uh, being the same time. I think he'd be more consistent. I would say that. I think he's a, a better route runner. I'm not sure he has the same explosion, uh, down the field. That, at least consistent. Game meter, though. You know, Jamar yeah. also has a good quarterback throwing to him too. And Joe. Yeah. Ball. Yeah. No question. Um, Chalem Rager though. I, I mean, is it time to just pull the plug? Yes, <laughs> I'm done. Uh, you and I had more receiving yards than he did yesterday. Yeah, negative six. That's impressive. <laughs> I thought the Eagles had put that stupid bubble screen in the closet for good because people just figured it out. Uh, and there it shows up and <laughs> Jalen Rager. You know, it's one of those things where I get it because you're not getting the football, so you – want to make something happen when you do finally get it in your hands, but you got to be smart enough to say, um, just put your head down and, you know, limit the damage as much as possible. Don't lose six yards and put your team hopelessly, hopelessly behind the sticks. And ultimately they were able to recover, but Devonte Smith, as I said, was great. Five, uh, receptions and six targets and the other target should have been a touchdown. It was just a horrible throw. Uh, so that's a big time game. Everybody else, I mean, what what is Quez Watkins two out of three targets for nine yards? Jalen Rager, we talked about Dallas Goddard, who by the way has played great since that's the Eagles traded. Really good. Yeah. Since the Eagles traded Zach Ertz, he should have had the touchdown early. I, 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 they have nothing, John. They they have nothing. And yeah, but it's not it's not they have nothing. They don't have a quarterback that is a vehicle. I, I, I am sorry. You are not winning games in the National Football League with Greg Ward. You're not. Sorry, Jody Mac. You are not winning football games. Oh, Jody's insane with Greg and, Ward. Yeah, Greg I, Ward shouldn't oh, even. By be the in. way, you're not winning games in the National Football League with Jalen Rager either. I, 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 I'm with you. It's time to pull the plug. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. There's no depth. But I, I do think that the top of this receiving corps is really good. And by top, I mean well, the I do like Watkins. Wes Watkins can stay here. No, I'm, I'm not talking about it. I'm not – Quez Watkins stinks too. I'm talking about Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. Well, oh, okay, yeah. Now – Devonte is is a rookie. I'm not saying there's going to be mistakes. I think you 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 look around this league and there's a new breed of receiver. You and I talked about this a little bit uh, last week. There are no more Chris Carter's where the ball doesn't hit the ground. You look at C.D. Lamb in Dallas. Well, he drops the ball all the time. Uh, Jamar Chase drops it too much. Uh, you just mentioned him. But, boy, they make plays, man. Yeah, they do. You keep going back. They make plays. I think Devontae Smith is that type of receiver. You're going to have some growing teams. He's going to drop the football occasionally, but he's going to make some big plays. Dallas Goddard, I've talked about, is is proving to be what we all thought he was, although you might not know it statistically because you don't have the vehicle to get the football to the receivers. I don't know how else to say it. And I like Jalen Hurts personally, but when I see Justin Herbert on the other side, 
it highlights it for me. This is what the Eagles have to determine. And Justin Herbert. No, they don't. It's already determined yet. Justin Herbert can run the football. Do you want a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, who has his deficiencies, or do you want a quarterback like Justin? I would take Justin Herbert on my team. Even if I look, there's only one team that doesn't need Justin Herbert, in my honest opinion. That's Patrick, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. That is it. I think the Green Bay Packers would take Justin Herbert in a second, and they have Aaron Rodgers. And because they're not going to have Aaron Rodgers after this year, they're not. But Justin Herbert is that good. Like, that team is going to be good for a long time. I, and I said this earlier, no matter who the head coach is for the Chargers. By the way, Brandon Staley goes for him fourth down way too much. Uh, I saw that firsthand, too. Uh, he, does, the, he does. I mean, but you know what? You know, on Twitter, that's the right decision. That's the right no, decision. It's no, it's not. Fourth and three from your own 19 when you're down 20 to six is not the right decision. Sorry. That's, yeah, look. I I more than not I agree going forward, especially when you're on plus the plus side of the field. If it's fourth and one and you're on the plus side of the field, I think you should always go for it. I really do. Oh, oh I agree. Um, Joe Judge doesn't believe that, but yeah, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> you you put so much pressure on the opposing defense, you know think about the human nature aspect. You're like, you're biting and clawing to stop a, a team. You you stop them on third down and it's fourth and one. And then you just sigh and say, oh, they're going for it again. Um, it's very unlikely we're going to stop it. Now on the other side of the field, on the minus side of the field, look, there are times if it's fourth and one at the 29-yard line, and you got a six foot five, six foot six quarterback. I don't want to give up possession. I don't mind going for that, but anything other than that, no, I'm going to still punt the football. And that gets you killed in analytics world. And that's why I love Ryan Paganetti so much. And he was uh, Doug Peterson's game management coach because he sees both sides. He's got his foot in in the coaching world. He's got his foot in the analytics world. Paganetti might be the best Twitter follower right now. We're yeah, be- he's unbelievable on Twitter. Um, everybody should follow him. But uh, my my larger point is, look, groupthink is always bad, man. So if you're in an echo chamber and you got everybody, oh, you got to go for it. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're completely wrong. And you saw Brandon Staley kept the build-up Eagles in that game by making some of the decisions he made instead of when you're here's how I describe it. Look, when you're the Eagles and you're playing Tampa Bay or Kansas city or the chargers, you better go for it. You better score touchdowns. But if you're the chargers playing the Eagles, take a field goal here and there, Yeah, this you team- know, you're going to be able to move the football. There's something to understanding your opponent, understanding the situation understanding they don't have the capability to keep up with you unless you allow them the ability to keep up with you. That, I I think, is the difference. I would defend Bo O'Brien this when he was at Penn State, and I defended him on this when he was in the NFL. When he would go for it on fourth down deep in his own territory against teams like the Chiefs, I'd be like, well, okay, they got nothing to lose. They have to do this. But if you're on the other side of the fence, like you said, John, you're Brandon said, why are you putting – you just had a 98-yard drive. I get it. It's frustrating. 
take the three points. Just take the points. It's not hard. You got to say to yourself, look, this team is not going to score 30 points. They're not. And he just doesn't do that. And like you said, he kept them in the game. The Eagles should not have been winning 10-7 at halftime. But they no. were. Oh, my God. They shouldn't have been in the game. Yeah. They shouldn't have been in the game at halftime. Again, you bring up – I mean, how are you in this football game? Forget about who's winning. Forget about uh, 10-7 and, and, and the fact that the Eagles are actually on top. Justin Herbert's 15 of 18 for 161 yards. He's better in the second half, by the way, too, which is yeah. even scarier. <laughs> and the Eagles quarterback is 4 of 9 for 54 yards. And, you're, and they're winning the football game. There's only one way that happens, and that's turnovers, which technically, and this is where I bring that point up, everyone will say, you'll hear, the Eagles had no sacks. The Eagles had no turnovers. Guess what? They had two turnovers. They had two turnovers. That's, that's the impact that wrong decision makes. Now, Look, it's always about execution. I say it all the time. People don't judge play calls. They judge play results. The the one fourth down was a great play call because, as I said, Rashawn Slater was out in front making a good block, and if the running back just executes, they convert that. If it was Austin Eckler, they would have gotten it. I mean, maybe. I, I mean, again, I'm not... Brandon Staley. I, I don't get some of the decisions he makes. Now, and you were at the Baltimore game. Uh, where they just – that was their worst game of the year, obviously. They were, they were terrible. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of that, if I recall, and that I didn't – obviously I wasn't at the game, but a lot of that was Staley-related, wasn't it? Oh, and that's well, what, and, yeah. and this is what I loved about Staley. Like, I asked him about the fourth and three from the 19th, and he goes, well, you know, I, I wonder – I forget who he threw the pass to. It wasn't Williams. It wasn't um, uh, Keanu. Yeah. Um, Number five on the charges. I always forget the guy's name, but Herbert throws a pass. It was hot. Herbert doesn't miss it, but he did. And he's like, Wait, well, it was a good play call. We just didn't execute. I'm like, but isn't that the part of it, Brandon? Like, you have to execute a fourth and three from your oh, own. Yeah, if you're going to go for it. And, you know, Herbert said, Well, you know, yeah, I was a little high on the throw. And, you know, then we found out after the game's hand was a little, you know, the right hand issue. Uh, <laughs> but still, I'm like, where I was getting at it was with him, and he understood the question because he went on like a four-minute ramble. It was you were only down like twenty to six. You weren't out of this football game. I know the Raiders were just moving the football and you left and right, but I'm like, Brandon, you were in the game. <laughs> you were in the game, and Nick Sirianni kept uh, the Eagles in the game. So uh we're gonna go to break but after break and i want you to mull this jeff is that uh i don't know if you saw the video that jamie apodi had about the the bouquet of flowers so we're going to talk about that nick sirianni and the fan base and obviously it's just one person and by the way i don't even know nick was fired up it might have been somebody yelling yeah someone Um, said something to him honestly yeah honestly i i don't know what it was hopefully we'll get clarification uh, from Nick Sirianni today at his Monday press conference. Uh, that'll happen this afternoon at about 2.45-ish. So hopefully we'll get some, but there's no doubt he was very, very frustrated. And, you know, it's starting to become a narrative in this town when you think about Las Vegas and somebody throwing the jersey at Nick Sirianni. 
So I do want to address that. We'll do that after the break. We have Paul Domowicz coming up as well at about 920. More Birds 365 on what I'm calling a Moral Victory Monday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city. And every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Dockery. Business manager of Local 98 says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Happy Monday. It's not that happy for Eagles fans, but we're here. We're here to be your sounding board on First 365. I'm John McClellan alongside Jeff Curzon for Jody Mack. Jody Mack will be back tomorrow, back from Key West, Florida. He's having a lot more fun, I assume, than most Eagles fans, although 27-24 against a good football team. I've called it a moral victory Monday. Nick Sirianni says there's no moral victory. So I want to talk about the head coach. Um, Jeff, what do people expect for from Nick Sirianni? I, I mean, they're upset that he won't throw his defensive coordinator under the bus. Are there coaches that throw their defensive coordinators under the bus or their I, offensive I, coordinators? I, I, I've seen uh, 
just from watching every Chiefs game this year and listening to nearly every Andy Reid press conference. I know Eagles fans don't like to hear that name anymore, but Steve Spagnuolo deserves every chunk of the blame the Kansas City Chiefs are getting for their 5-4 and four start. Oh, and by the way, Andy Reid has not thrown him under the bus at all. No, I I mean, it, it, you know, from a player standpoint, I even question it. When people expect uh, coaches to throw players under the bus, uh, but if they did, did do that, I have a feeling they'd be really, really angry. Um, it's Those sort flowers of a, would not bloom, John. I'll yeah, <laughs> and speaking of flowers – I'm sure people have seen the video. Jamie Apodi uh, was the first one from 6ABC. Uh, and by the way, listen to the Jacob Media postgame show every week on 6ABC.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Um, uh, with Derek Gunn, Mark Barzetta, Devin Caney, and yours truly. Uh, little cheap plug there, Jeff. Well, you are probably uh, John. You kind of have to. But 6ABC, I, I give Jamie credit. It was her photographer. Um, she happened to be sitting right next to me in the post-game press conference. So she was telling me her photographer caught it, how crazy it was. Now, because we couldn't hear the actual audio, and she did get the raw audio after, and we still couldn't tell. Nick, Nick was clearly upset, but... I don't know if the, he was upset at the flowers or he was just upset at somebody screaming something at him as he was leaving the field. Sort of had to be held back. Not, I mean, I don't know what he was going to jump in the stands, but 
Um, Dom DeSandro, the Eagles vice president of security, he was fired up and he was upset and he was frustrated. Um, whether it was the flowers throwing at the head coach, somebody threw flowers. I mean, in theory, if you throw a bouquet of flowers, it could be a good thing. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I was at winning this weekend. Usually that's a really good thing. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling there are a couple F bombs. Um, why, why? Why the angst, um, considering the personnel deficiencies? And, and I don't want to paint the whole fan base because it's always just one one or two knuckleheads. But what are you expecting? What? First off, we're really going to throw stuff at Nick Sirianni after he probably called his best game of the year? Are we really doing this right now? Like, yeah, he's what, doing exactly what you wanted. Yeah. What What do you expect this team to be? This team wasn't going to win the Super Bowl this year. I, they're not a playoff team. I don't understand the, the logic sometimes. It's, well, they might be, but only because wow. the seventh seed is this terrible. Stinks. The yeah. NFC stinks. Well, like, yeah. it's I, come on. The Falcons or the Eagles destroyed the seventh seed right now. It's. What a joke. I, the NFC East is a joke. I could go on and on about how bad. And look, the Chargers are a good football team. Are they an elite football team in the AFC? I don't know. I don't even know who is an elite football team in the AFC anymore because I just saw Buffalo lose to Jacksonville. Yeah, how about that? It's, it's I, The Titans might be the best team in the AFC, and they don't have the, the, their MVP caliber running back right now. It's I, I, I don't know, John. I, I, I get frustrated at when people throw things at – and look, I, I'm tired. Look, I'm tired of that, but I'm really tired of Eagles fans, especially the ones with the, the great fan generated Twitter accounts that go for the cloud all the time. Oh, we're not like that. We're not like that. Well, guess what? If you're from Seattle, if you're from Arizona, guess what? They think you are like that because they know the story about the D batteries, they know about the Taidomi fight, they know about this. And that's all they care about. I went to Penn State. You know what people say to me? When they all know me, oh, what are you talking about Jerry Sandusky? Well, that's great. You know, I don't care. <laughs> like, well, you get upset about that stuff, but I'm just like, look, stop with the narrative. Like, just stop. You create your own narrative sometimes. And Philly fans just do, does it blow up more than, often than not? Yes, it does, because it does happen everywhere. I, the Atlanta Braves fans threw stuff on the field in 2012. I get it. I do, but. Look, they know how easily Eagles fans, Philly fans, get over this stuff. It's – I'm a national media guy. I know. it's They see the fan Twitter accounts and how upset they get over this. So they're going to blow this up. It's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. And I – you know, to me the bigger perspective is – and, you know, all you have to do is look at Ben Simmons. Uh, Philadelphia fans were, were very – uh, understanding and, and very patient overall with Ben Simmons right up until the minute they turned on Ben Simmons. But now you see, and by the way, rightfully so, and by turned, I mean on the field, uh, on the court and criticism-wise. I don't mean this stuff. I don't mean throwing, whether it was in Las Vegas, jerseys, throwing flowers, whatever. Flowers aren't going to hurt anybody. We understand that. But even if it was just the F-bomb or, uh, you know, insulting uh, someone to the point that they're going to break stride. Uh, Nick is usually, uh, 
you know, he understands he's going to get some hits and, um, you know, the Las Vegas incident, he was fired up about that. You wouldn't know it from the way he acted. He just sort of no-sold it. He shouldn't get anything thrown at him. He's a football coach. Just like the guy who threw popcorn, Russell Westbrook. I'm like, guys, he's a basketball player. Yeah. Is this yeah. really, like, is this what we come to right now? Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, it, it is a football game. You might want to. You might want to take stock in your life if you're getting that upset uh, about uh, a team that played pretty well, <laughs> by the way, uh, 27, yeah, yeah. 24. That's what yeah. frustrates me more. No. Well. well, the funny thing to me about Jeff is he's finally doing what the Eagles want him to do, running the football. Run the ball. Run man. the football. <laughs> run the football. It's 1975 forever in the city of Philadelphia. So he's running the football. He's having success running the football. Uh, he loses to a better team by a field goal with two seconds left, and that's a poor performance. By the way, they're they are what I kind of thought they'd be after nine games, three and six. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where I had them after nine games. I I thought they were they had a chance to be better. Jody and I were both on the same page. Rare, we rarely are, but we were in that circumstance. I thought they had a chance to be better than people thought because my my frame of reference was if you can block people and you can rush the passer, you're going to win a lot of football well, they, games. They do one of those things. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And that's the disappointing part. I keep going back to that. I thought this defensive line was going to be really, really good. They haven't been really, really good. They still have a chance to turn this around because the soft part of the schedule is in front of them. However, that's the most disappointing part to me. I knew the offense was going to struggle. I knew the quarterback was not a, a volume passer. I knew it was going to be ugly when they would win football games, when they do win football games. But I thought they could rush the passer and they can't rush the passer. They can't. It's the problem. It's yeah. Everything you said has been spot on, and I did not expect. You know what? There was a bet before the year. I, I was just going stuff in Vegas, and I'm not a betting guy. I almost put ten dollars on the Eagles. They were like plus three thousand to lead the league in sacks. That's how good I thought this defensive line was going to be. Now, keep in mind, Brandon Graham was not lost for the season, and I'm like, you know what? It's a good value bet. No, Vegas is spot on. They must have knew something I didn't because Derek Barnett's been god-awful. Fletcher Cox hasn't been good. Javon Hargrave was great to start the year. I don't think he's had a sack in a month. Josh Sweat, you know, as you said, he's out of position, and it's it's affecting him. Ryan Kerrigan hasn't been good. Uh, you know, Brandon Graham's hurt. They they have a little depth there. It's, it's frustrating, John. It, it, it is, and, you know, this is where I – will defend the defensive coordinator a bit because it is personnel. Do I think he has to adapt the personnel? Sure. But it, it brings back to your question. Well, who are you putting in there? It's look, I coach basketball. I coach high school basketball. We want to shoot threes. So we're blue in the face, but guess what? You got no one to shoot threes. It ain't going to work. <laughs> yeah. And, we I, I, and, I, and by the way, and, and you, you know, as a high school basketball coach, you say that's sort of the modern era of basketball. You want to shoot threes. You want guys who can 
be Steph Curry, then you're obviously, we're talking a much different level. But as a coach, if you can't shoot threes, you got to go about it a different way. And when you go about it a different way, what happens? Your margin of error to get to victory is smaller. That's what I was talking about with the Eagles. The modern era of football means you better be able to throw the football. doesn't mean you can't win if you can't throw the football consistently, but that margin of error scales back. And it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Last year, you know, keep in mind, we were coaching at a different school. We knew the personnel we had. We were losing games, 60 to 30, 60 to 30. Well, we got to change it up. Held the ball a long time on off. No shot clock in high school basketball. We decided to focus on defense more. All of a sudden, the 60 30 games between, came between 41 38. And we're like, okay, we have a shot to win games. Here's the problem we can't score that many points. You know, if, we, if they score 40, we're done. We're not scoring 40. It, it's, I, I can relate to Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon very well. So that's where I will defend them on that case. They just don't have the personnel around them right now. And yeah, I, and it's, it, it's really difficult. And, and, and the point is, though, you, you see, and that's why I bring up, and I, I said before in the show, and I'll say it again here, Nick Sirianni has been the best rookie head coach. Now, that's the first time he lost. He, remember, his only wins, Arthur Smith, he, Clowned Arthur Smith in week one. Clowned Dan Campbell. He clowned Urban too, by the way. Yeah. Um, Now he lost to Brandon Staley, but he shouldn't have been in that game. You know, again, if you you ship the personnel to Nick Sirianni, he's winning that game in an easy fashion, which tells you you're doing your job. You're putting your team, you're giving them a better opportunity to win. There's, you know, coaches will tell you, we don't win many games, but we can lose games. And and I don't think Nick Sirianni is losing games right now. I think he is getting the Eagles a little bit closer to winning games than they should be. But then I, I talk about this disconnect all the time. I don't know what the Eagles' goal is here. I don't know what their goal is. I mean – we go all the way back to when Feels Jeffrey like Lurie's every week, John. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, uh, there's a disconnect and it's not the only, it happens this way in the NFL all over. You, 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 if you're rebuilding and nobody wants to use that term um, and you don't have to have significant rebuilds like you have to have in other sports. But so if you want to use Jeffrey Lurie's term of transitioning, Look, I use it as windows. The Eagles' window was open in 2017 and 2018, and they thought uh, 2019. They probably thought that window was open a little bit more, a little bit longer than it really was, and that was the probably the biggest mistake. But windows are open. The Rams are the best example of this disappointing loss last last night. They know their window's open, so what do they do? They go out and trade for Bond Miller, who's not even healthy, second, third-round pick. They don't care because they think, and they're right, their window is open. Um, you have to be cognizant. You have to be self-aware. And it's one of the most difficult things to do, to be honest about where you are as a team. And coaches, you know, they have this weird – you see all the, the – 
the crap Nick Sirianni's getting, right? He's got to win football games. People are already talking about people were already talking about firing the guy in week five. Is he gonna be one and done? The best time of my existence as an Eagles fan, I'm telling you, because they were so bad in 98, John, was Andy Reid's first year because there were no expectations for that team. We're like, well, it can't get any worse than a team that averaged 10.1 points per game in 1998. And, you know, yeah, we've got this quarterback and, you know, Angelo and his, the, his 30-31 Ricky Williams, even though they already had a thousand-yard running back and Deuce Staley, but I digress. But that was a fun time to be a fan because you saw guys you could build – you saw guys you could build around on that team. You saw Brian Dawkins. You saw Bobby Taylor, Troy Vincent, McNabb, Deuce Staley, guys like that. This is what I worry about this team going forward, John. Who do you have to build around outside of Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard? Well, yeah, young players is not a strength of this team. If you looked at, you know, we were, I, I think everyone was hopeful, especially after the summer that Josh Sweat would come on and, and be one of those type players. We haven't seen that. Um, you know, Abonte Maddox, I think, was having a career year. He's a free agent, uh, gets banged uh, up yesterday. They have to keep him, by the way. I think they have to keep Yeah. Him. I think Marcus Epps has played well. Um, he's a young player. But, yeah, I mean, as far as young stars, it's Devontae and Dallas Goddard. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> Milt, Milt Williams is not in that category. Certainly, you, you, yes. Yeah, so um, you're not ready to say my might be half decent quarterback is going to be. No, I, it's not team. even in the conversation. I'm sorry. I, 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 I like. I, people don't believe me. People can. Be, I like Jalen Hurts. I, I think he's so many good things. Um, you know, the moment is never too big for him. Um, That's all actually the, my favorite quality about the guy. Yeah, all the intangibles are there. He just can't throw the football at the NFL level consistently. And it's too tough to, to win that way. You can win that way. You can win with a game manager. But it, everything else has to be clicking. It's like, too tough. Don't you feel like Jalen Hurts is that guy? Like, we all want him to be really good. We want him to be Justin Herbert. But then when you sit and think about it, it's like, man, I wish I had Justin. Yeah, but then when you see it, that's why that's why I look at this game and you see it up close. Like anybody who can't see the difference between those two quarterbacks, I can't help. I can't like, help them. Yeah. It's it's frustrating when you watch 32 teams around the league. If someone asked me to rank Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts will slam me for this, but I'll say he's probably like 21st or 22nd, if we're going to be honest. Yeah, I mean, in the 20s is where I would put him. In the 20s with great intangibles and great kid. And there's some stuff he can do that will wow you. I mean, look. Oh, the I, somersault I, third and four conversion, that's phenomenal stuff. But think about how difficult that is. Think about how difficult that is. You know, when Hertz was in college, I would call him poor man's Lamar Jackson because he couldn't throw, but he did a lot of stuff Lamar could do. And everyone was like, what are you talking about? Lamar can't throw here. I'm like, yeah, he can. Lamar Jackson can throw. (laughs) Well, watch him yesterday. Down two touchdowns, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. As the biggest Lamar Jackson fan on the planet, um, yeah, I, I absolutely loved him just coming back down from 10 again and I, I almost did it because I'm like, oh, I thought Lamar can't throw because that's all I ever hear. He can't throw. He can't win a big game. Can't do this. Can't do that. And 
I'll tell you what, it's it's going to be my just dessert when he does get that Super Bowl. Somewhere. Well, I was telling Jeff, I can't help you if you can't see the difference in quarterbacks, but maybe our next guest can. We're going to have Paul Domovich, uh, the old uh, Hall of Fame voter, Philly Inquirer. But now, these days, it's the 33rd team. It's Eagles Report on phillymag.com. So Dama is going to be with us after the break as we continue a – Eh, I'm not going to say moral victory Monday anymore. I'm upset. Uh, a, a losing did Monday. I, did I upset you that much in this hour, 20 minutes? Yeah. Now, he might be half decent. I can't get over that. He might be half decent. Uh, <laughs> you can put that in every article you want, John. I, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. Uh, more Verse 365. Johnny Mac, Jeff Kerr will take you to 10 o'clock. <laughs> At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city. And every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Doctor. Business manager of Local 98 says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
Welcome back to Monday Autopsy Edition of Birds 365. Difficult a loss. Johnny Mack, Jeff Kerr sitting uh, in for Jody McDonald. Good friend of mine hopping on the program. You see him right there, Paul Domowicz, who was working more now than he ever did when he wasn't retired. Man. Thrilled to have Domowicz working for the 33rd. Uh, team.com check them out there obviously mike tannenbaum site joe banners uh heavily involved in that he's working uh with me a little bit eagles report at philly mag he does his great uh stats package every week that you saw for years in the philadelphia Inquirer. then you're on merrill station too you got a radio state Tomo, you're doing it all buddy yeah i thought you were retired <laughs> so did i <laughs> this wasn't quite uh, the way it was planned, but uh, I'm having fun. Uh, and that's all that matters. Now, sure. did you have fun watching that game? I don't want to poison the well, but you, you put that. I mean, I thought the Eagles hung in there against a, a better football team. And for that, you know, I've been calling it a moral victory Monday. Nick Sirianni said there were no moral victories after that game. I think this was a moral victory, Damo. Am I crazy? No, you're. I think you're right. Um, you know, I think it's it's frustrating from a coach's standpoint because you know there were some other games that they played teams tough that you knew they weren't going to win. You know, this was a game they could have won. Uh, this is a team they could have beaten. They play and they're a good team, but they played them close, and you know, they just didn't do enough at the, to, to to pull it off. You know, for a number of reasons, which I'm sure we'll discuss in the coming minutes. Well, uh, look, I've defended Jalen Hurts, but I've also criticized him. I, I agree with John on some of his points here, but I can't ignore a second half stats here. 7 for 8, 112 yards, perfect passer rating. Overall, what did you think of how Jalen Hurts played yesterday? Well, you know, I mean, the, the, the thing with Jalen is you got to take in the rushing aspect of it. Uh, you know, five rushing first downs. I mean, right now he's fourth in the league in rushing first downs behind Derrick Henry. Uh uh, I forget who else, but I mean, I we're talking. Lamar was ahead of him, or he was tied with him, or something like that. Lamar is ahead of him by one or two. Yeah, but uh, you know, I mean, he, he had a throw to Dallas Goddard or in the first half that should have been a touchdown. He threw it yeah. too late, had him wide open. You can't miss those. Uh, he's still his anticipation still is not where it needs to be. You know, he's he's. I mean, that's a big transition from college to pros. You you come from offenses in the in, in college and, and playing in college where wide receivers get open and then you throw the ball to them when you're playing in the nfl a quarterback has to anticipate a guy getting open he has to throw the ball to him open and then the guy will get the ball and that's he's not there right now and and you know he's made some crucial mistakes including that throw to goddard also i mean you look at what he had i think he had completions yesterday to only four receivers and one of them was that awful looking bubble screen to, to Rager. So we're talking three receivers, you know, I mean, Carson Wentz, Donovan McNabb for years, Andy Reed, they all talked about spreading the ball around. That's not happening with this offense when they throw the ball. Uh, you know, he's, 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 he's got trust now in Goddard. He obviously trusts Devonta Smith, but I mean, he's, he's got to be able to hit different people. And, and that's that responsibility is not only on him, but the coaching staff. Uh, they're not getting enough people involved in the passing game. Uh, I'm not sure why, uh, but that you know. But getting back to your point, Jeff, no, he's not playing well enough as a passer. Uh, he's compensating a little, you know, quite a bit as a rusher. But 
you know, as we saw on that on that one play where he got the first down, where he dove, did the somersault. I mean, too many of those, and he's not going to be playing. Uh, he's going to be start missing games. So you can't, you know, you can't do that too much. Yeah, Damo, you bring up a good point. I I talked about that earlier in the show. If you look at uh, obviously Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard. Uh, other than that, there were four targets in the game, three to Quez Watkins, one to Jalen Rager. That's it. Yeah. I mean, he he can throw the football. DeMonte Smith had a tremendous game. He just got uh, great separation. He was open. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the other sideline. You look at the other quarterback who, by the way, came in the same year. So he's a he's a second year quarterback, and you talk about throwing with anticipation, throwing receivers open. Um, Justin Herbert can do that. the The margin of error for the Eagles playing this style of football to me is so small, and I don't think that improves moving forward. Did Justin Herbert highlight what the Eagles don't have? And Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, they, you talked about the small margin for error and you, you know, they're, they're, basically you get into a lot of third downs, third and fives, third and fours. I think I calculated the other day that Jalen Hurts' completion percentage on throws of third and five or less is like 47, 48%. Now, What's odd about that is you can Kyler Murray's is in the same neighborhood and Kyler Murray's an MVP candidate. So I don't know what to make of that, but when you're, you know, everybody loves the fact that they're running the ball now, but when it puts you in a third and five, third and four, and if you don't have a quarterback that can, can convert those regularly and and he did yesterday, but with his legs and team, some teams are just going to take that away. Um, So, I mean, he needs to improve as a passer here. He needs to, you know, he's not going to become Justin Herbert overnight. Uh, but, you know, I mean, he knows what he needs to, to improve on. I'm not telling him anything uh, that he doesn't know. Nobody's telling him anything he doesn't know. It's just something that's going to have to happen if if he's going to win that job long term. Well, this kind of brings up my next point, Paul. Outside of Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard, they're the only two reliable receivers he has to throw. You might as well put you, me, and John McMullen out there, and we might be – we're not going to be as productive or as good as those three there, but that that's a low bar with Quez Watkins, with Jalen Rager, with Greg Ward, whoever's out there right now. It, it just feels like he has nothing to work with, unlike the team that we saw yesterday where Justin Herbert's got guys all over the place. Yeah, I got to disagree with you there, Jeff. Uh, you know, I mean, Kenny Gainwell's an outstanding receiving back that they don't use enough. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't use him yesterday. Yeah, um, and, and I'm going to go back to Greg Ward, who's not getting, you know, I mean, he has, I think he's caught two passes this season. You know, last year he led the team in in catches with 53. He was, he's an outstanding third down receiver. He's an outstanding receiver against zone defenses, which, which they're facing a lot because teams can't afford to play much man coverage against Jalen Hurts because you turn your back on him and he's going to run on you. Why he's not seeing more action or why Jalen's not throwing to him, I don't know. Uh, there's just a lot of inconsistencies right now with that whole passing game, both from the standpoint of Jalen throwing and and his decision making, and the coaching staff and 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 what they're doing to get people open for him. 
Is is there a disconnect, Amo, of what the front office wants to accomplish and and what Nick Sirianni is trying to accomplish? Nick is trying to win football games, and you've seen this shift in Detroit. Now it carries over to the Chargers. They've gone to what the fan base wants. They're tremendously run heavy, uh, but they're also scaling back on the quarterback and and what he is allowed to do. Yeah. How does Howard Roseman evaluate that moving forward? Can he evaluate that properly moving forward if you're going to protect the quarterback? You know, I, I think these last two weeks were kind of an anomaly uh, because those two, the two defenses they faced uh, were so bad against the run yeah. that, I mean, you had to be really stupid not to run the ball against them and pound it. That's not going to be the case going forward, starting with Denver this week. Uh, you know, I mean, they're they're going to be able to run the ball on teams because of that offensive line, uh, and especially when My- when Miles gets back. Um, but they're going to have to have more balance. I mean, these last two weeks, I think I did the math. It, it's like 70-some percent run percentage, which is unheard of. I mean, in the first, yeah. in the first seven games, it was 38, 37. So somewhere in between, you know, I mean, you got to get it into the mid forties. That's where you want to be a uh, run play percentage. Uh, and, and, and then you'll, you know, because you're right, you can't, you can't get an accurate gauge on Jalen and, and he can't develop when he's throwing 16, 17 passes a game. Well, is it a little bit of an overstatement right now to say the next three weeks with these defenses, Denver, New Orleans, New York giants, that could be Jalen Hurts' career as a starting quarterback if he doesn't play well against them. No, I think I think they're going to they're going to go the distance with him. Uh, again, I mean, there's so much to like about him. It's you know, it's I mean, the things he does, the you know, the leadership he provides. I mean, I think they believe uh, or hope he can turn the corner as a passer, and I don't think they're going to like say, well, three more games, and then we'll go to Gardner Minshew because I mean, what does that do for you? Uh, well, I, I should have been a little more elaborate on there, like past this season. I think he should play. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the jury's certainly out right now, Jeff. I mean, he's got to do better, uh, you know, uh, to, to convince them that, you know, they're in a situation with those three draft. It's not a situation where you're going into the offseason. There are a lot of teams that right now don't know who their quarterback's going to be in 2022 but they don't have three first round picks that they might invest uh, in, in, in making that decision. So that's why it's so important to kind of have a feel for what you've got in Jalen. I mean, they can go into next year and, and, you know, Jalen is one of got one of the guys that's fighting for the starting job, but that means you've gone into the draft and, and what have you done in the draft? Have you brought in a first rounder? Have you not? Uh, have you traded for somebody again, besides Gardner Minshew, because I mean, I like Gardner. I, he's a nice backup. He, he's, you know, he's not the guy you're going forward yeah. with and win a Super Bowl with. So, and you know, we haven't even talked about the defense. I mean, they're just. Now we're getting, yeah. it. Oh, okay. I want to, yeah, yeah, I want, I want to get to that, but you know, people assume a bridge, uh, is only one year. A bridge could be two years. Yeah. The Eagles might might bridge into uh, 2023 and still think, okay, we'll just make do with what we have if they don't like a particular quarterback in the draft and they can't acquire 
a veteran quarterback. So that's always an option as well. Yeah. But let's bring up that defense because I think, Dama, the most disappointing part of this team, I thought this team had a chance to be better than people thought for two reasons, because they could block people and they could rush the passer. Well, they've been able to block people, even with all the upheaval on the offensive line, the injuries, lanes issue, still pretty good, pretty good group that has dominated uh, the last two weeks, certainly in the run game. They can't rush the passer. Justin Herbert drops back 38 times, 38 times. He got hit once. And by the way, it was on a blitz by Steve Nelson, who got penalized. That's it. I don't know if Justin Herbert's thinking about building in Philadelphia, but he might. He's never been more comfortable than he was on Lincoln Financial Field. So he might think about buying real estate. He might not see him for eight years, though. He'll be be in his 30s next time we see him. Yeah. (laughs) It's, I mean, it's it's bad. I mean, you're right. The pass rush has been, I mean, you, you look at the linebacker core, you can, you know, I mean, you didn't think it was going to be great to begin with, so you're not terribly disappointed. You knew they didn't have a lot of depth in the uh, in the secondary, so. But you thought this pass rush would be better, and it's not. And I, you know, I go, you know, Brandon Graham's injury obviously was crippling. Uh, I, I've just been thoroughly disappointed in Fletcher Cox. Uh, you know, he can he can talk about let's look forward and not pass uh, to the you know look back. I don't know what's going on there, but again, yesterday I watched him get pushed around by people that he used to just totally dominate, uh, including on a touchdown run when he wasn't even in the play. I mean, that just doesn't happen to Aaron Donald. That just doesn't happen to good to great defensive tackles. And and he's not even showing up. That's what's frustrating about the whole thing. You know, you you talk about Fletcher Cox. I I think another one who, and we kind of, we should have known this, but Derek Barnett has more defensive all sides penalties than he does sacks yeah. this year, and it, it's—I can't believe this guy's getting paid ten and a half million this year. That 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 off that neutral zone infraction was just crushing. Uh, you know, I mean, you got to have more discipline than that, especially when you've done it so many times. You know, somewhere in your brain, you should be saying, "I just watch the ball, watch the ball, don't move till the ball snapped," and he keeps doing it. Well, Dombo, Jonathan Gannon is taking a ton of hits um, for what was the fifth quarterback uh, this season who's completed at least 80% of his passes. Now, most of them, you know, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott was an MVP candidate before the cap injury and what happened yesterday. Uh, Lord knows. Derek Carr, good quarterbacks, but... 80% 80% is 80%. In the case yeah. of Carr, it was over 90%. What what can he do, and is he to blame? Is everybody right? Is Jonathan Gannon too passive? Uh, what is your take on JG, who, by the way, I mean, if the Eagles didn't hire him, other people were lining up to hire him, including Brandon Staley, by the way. Yeah. Um, what what has gone wrong with, with Jonathan Gannon in, in this defense? Well, you know, all I can figure, and, and you're right, he's a smart guy that everybody wanted to hire. So I, he didn't suddenly become dumb. Uh, I think he's trying, he, he felt, I think he still feels this is the way he has to play. 
because of his talent. But, you know, even pre-snap, you look at that defense and you can just you can just point to where you, you want the tight end to run because uh, it's going to be wide open uh, in the middle. Uh, you know, yesterday, the Chargers tight ends, who, who aren't a, a great group, uh, were targeted 11 times. 11 out of 11. Out of 11 <laughs> passes, including yeah. two more for touchdowns. I mean, yeah. this team's given up seven touchdown passes already to tight ends. Most And the irony there is they stopped George Kittle. Yeah. They stopped Travis Kelsey, and they're getting beat by a bunch of schmoes. I got on yeah. yeah, they are. Uh, it's just, you know, I, I saw some hope yesterday in Davion Taylor uh, because he's got some speed. He can, you know, th- they were tackling well, um, which I thought was hope, a hopeful sign. And yet pretty much Justin Herbert and his receivers could do whatever they felt like it. Uh, and, you know, and, and this week, you know, they're going against another quarterback who is, you know, doesn't care if he throws deep. I mean, he's going to pick them apart. Uh, in the short and intermediate ranges and with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he's got two good receivers in Judy and uh, and Tim Patrick who had, you know, good games against the Cowboys. So, you know, this – but you're right. 80% is just un- – that's an ungodly number. I mean, you can't allow people to complete that kind of – I mean, even if you're playing that kind of defense, I mean, it just – at some point you got to say this isn't working – you know, we got to take some chances. I mean, he's he's been more aggressive the last two weeks, but the blitz, you know, when he's blitzed, it hasn't gotten there for the most part, except, like you said, the one Sunday when they got called for a rough in the past. <laughs> yeah. It's just- and, and, and the strange thing is, Damo, I think overall the corners have played well, and I can't explain that. I think Slay has had a good season, obviously gets banged up. Avante's having a good season. He had to leave early, tried to come back, uh, so that hurt. Uh, and Steve Nelson, I think, has been solid. Um, yeah. uh, and yet you look at the stat sheet and you see 80, 80, 80, 90, 80. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, playing those safety so deep is obviously not ideal for cutting down on that completion percentage. I mean, we haven't heard Rodney McLeod's name mentioned at all this season. I, I don't know aged. Yeah, he, he's not anywhere close to what he was, uh, whether it's because of the age, because of, the you know, he's not back from that knee. I assume he'll be gone after this season. Uh, but who do you replace him with? I mean, <laughs> that's a problem here. You know, I mean, they're they're in a situation now where they're so desperate. They're, you know, they're bringing in, you know, they're making these trades for for guys that are. And they're all inactive, by the way, Tom. Yeah. They're all inactive. <laughs> yeah. What do you make of it? I mean, yeah. geez. So I, I don't I even, even know Mac McCain if he walked right next to him. Yeah, I still don't know what poor Mac McCain looks like. I haven't seen him, Tom. I, I keep meaning I, I, I got to write a note to look for him at practice. I keep, I, I, I've never seen the guy. I don't know if he exists. Now, John, what, is he 37? Is that his number? I believe so. Yeah. Okay, so at least I got that part. Do facial recognition on some of these guys. You know? <laughs> well, now here brings the, Another question, you know, we want to harp about the quarterback all we want, but in my opinion, they need personnel on defense. I mean, I feel like they should use all three of those first-round picks on defense. Yeah. And that's just how bad it is right now. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's the, pr- the pressure that's on the offense right now and on, and on Hurts because, you, you know, you go three and out or, or – you know, six run six plays and don't score and give them the ball back. 
you know what's coming. I mean, you know there's probably going to be a long drive that's going to end with a touchdown or a field goal. Uh, so that I mean that that affects both sides of the ball. But I, you know, you're right. I mean, this is that defense is going to require almost a total rebuild. Uh, so, yeah. so everybody's focused on the quarterback, but <laughs> they got a lot. Of what they got on defense, right? Now. Yeah. I, uh, are we going to get to the point, Damo, where, say, Denver or somebody comes up, just doesn't uh, uh, calls the punter a healthy scratch? We didn't see the punter last <laughs> night for the second time. I think Las Vegas, they had a punt late. Yeah. Almost three times. This is almost astonishing, Jesus as astonishing God. as the 80-90% stat. Twice we haven't seen the opposition punter this year that is amazing this could be a i mean by the end of the season i don't know what the record is for fewest punts against <laughs> but it might be the eagles <laughs> yeah, they'll be a, they'll be a knocking on the door with it it's it's amazing i mean it's for for punters it's like a bye week you know <laughs> the extra the extra bye week they're going to collectively bargain that with the nflpa the I, I extra got, bye I, week I for the punter prediction for you guys denver will punt next week yeah, I agree with you. I yeah. I think they'll fix it. At least but once. It, yeah. It is interesting because Jonathan's plan is for these long drives, these 15, 16 play drives. And then typically in an NFL game, as you know, Domo, you get a holding call, you get a false start. Uh, you might get a negative play like Jalen Rager running around for a six yard loss and bang, you're behind the sticks. And that's the goal. Yeah. So the Eagles have been accomplishing their goal in that they don't give up a ton of big plays, explosive plays. They had the Mike Williams shot yesterday, which I think was for 49 yards. And then they had a couple 23-yard gains, and that was it. They've limited those big plays. They're near the top of the league. Yeah. They can't get off the field. What what you know, the first half yesterday I thought was how Jonathan Gannon wants to play. You know, they only gave up seven points in the first half, the one yeah. down drive. They were tackling really well. I mean, that's as well as I've seen that defense tackle all season. I mean, they were given they were giving up the catch, you know, the 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 intermediate, the short catch, but they weren't giving up any yards after the catch. There were no missed tackles. I mean, they were just on the guy uh, quickly and and bringing him down. Second half was a, was different. Uh, you know, Chargers obviously made some adjustments, um, opened it up a little bit. Had some run success that 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 kind of forced them to to you know be on their heels a little bit. So um, yeah, it's boy. Yeah, Paul. It just seems like too. You mentioned those second half adjustments. When I rewatch a game, Chargers are doing a lot more pulling. Uh, with their guards, especially in that second half. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, maybe that's how you can get the Eagles defensive line, you know, when you get these guys that come into the A gap or the B gap and they just yeah. don't know how to read it. It's It, it seems like, again, that's that's why I'm kind of banging the drum right now for Kayvon Thibodeau more than anything else. Yeah. Well, the first half, they were getting a lot of penetration. on You know, the Chargers would run some of those sweeps, those power plays. And, 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 you know, their linebackers were uh, – and some of their defensive linemen were getting in the backfield and kind of either uh, forcing them to run more east-west or just making plays. The second half, that, that didn't happen nearly as much. 
because like you said, I think they made some blocking adjustments against the Eagles. Um, and the Eagles just kind of came back to reality in the second half as far as defensively as to what they are. All right, Tom, a last one from me has got to be about the head coach. But before then, I want to encourage everybody to read Damo at the 33rdteam.com. Every Friday, phillymag.com, he does a stats package. So you'll see that for the Denver Broncos upcoming this week. And locally here in Philadelphia, if you're local, WBCB, Merrill's still running things there, isn't he? He still he's, runs that he's, thing. Yeah, he's one of the partners. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, you can watch WBCBsports.com anywhere in the world. Uh, oh, okay. Ooh, so okay. we can do that as well. We've got Harold Carmichael on the show tonight. Hardest working oh, okay. man in show business, Damo, is, is working even more. Harold, oh, big get there. So yeah. uh, tune in there. I want to talk about the head coach. I've said this, and I believe this, Damo. I think Nick Sirianni's turning into the best rookie head coach in the NFL. Low bar, because I don't think any of them are very good. Uh, but I think he outcoached Brandon Staley. I thought Brandon Staley kept the Eagles in the game. I think if you give Nick Sirianni Justin Herbert, he probably wins that game by two touchdowns. Uh, yeah, am I giving Nick too much credit? Because he's getting flowers thrown at him. He's fired yeah. up. Which some no. people would say it's a good thing. <laughs> I, I'm old enough to remember how they how this town treated Andy Reid in that first year when he went five and eleven. You know, you stink, you're fat. Uh, you know, you can't go fat then. Yeah, and you know, and now Andy's going to the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying Nick's going to the Hall of Fame, but he's better than people give him credit for. Um, yeah, I mean, I like Nick, and I, I think he's got a good chance to succeed here if the guy in charge of providing talent. Uh, does his mm -hmm. job. That's a big question mark. And we'll leave it there. Paul Domowitz, Hall of Fame voter. And that's why Harold Carmichael's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Domo did a great job presenting him. Long overdue, Dick Vermeil going in. Who's next? Eric Allen, I think, Seth joined. Yeah, yeah, you got to get that. Eric Allen in. He's getting close. He finally made the final 25 last year. Hoping he does this year. Maybe makes the final 15 so we can at least talk about him in the room. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Dick's, it's going to be a bit, you know, I think this town's going to be, uh, excited next summer. Uh, I mean, when Dick gets in this, this, uh, February and, uh, the celebration in Canton. Uh, yeah. Dick book the tickets. He's getting it. <laughs> yeah. Dick, uh, has got to give some, uh, Dick has got to give some, uh, uh, instructions how to be on well love, just a different era maybe, but, uh, yeah, obviously, yeah. Dick survived Philadelphia better than anybody. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, he got out quick. So. Yeah, that's true. You know, the guy's 85 years old. We had him on the show two weeks ago. I mean, he looks 50. It's just yeah. unbelievable. He I, looks I, younger than me, which is yeah, bad. Last time so I saw you. him, his uh, grandkid was playing high school basketball, Westchester Anderson, and Dick, wow. it, Dick looked, he didn't look a day over 60, honestly. Like, he, he yeah. would talk your your butt off. Talk your ear off, I guess. And now it. he's got a grand, a great grandchild. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tomo, thanks. Uh, and, you know, get some rest, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're working more now than you ever have, so I appreciate it. Appreciate you being a part of this program. Obviously, we'll get back to you, Jody. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. He'll be upset that he missed you, but uh, we'll have you on. Uh, well, you guys take care, and thanks for having me on.
Yeah, thanks, Gemma. Uh, Jeff Kerr, John McMullen here, Birds 365. We will put a Jody Mack trademark bow on the show after the break. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city. And every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Dockery. Business manager of Local 98 says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. John McMullen alongside Jeff Jeff Kerr heading down the home stretch. Jeff, um, we were just talking about the punters. The New York Jets released their punter. They had the Eagles come up. They know they need them. They'll need them. (laughs) Uh, I assume they'll get a punter by then. But, yeah, I'm going to go with you. If you can get that prop bet, I'm going to say Denver punts at least once this week. could be wrong though. Any Bridgewater is not Justin Herbert. I'll say that. Yeah, it's a tougher bet than it should be. Uh, let's put it that way. So, uh, Nick Sirianni will speak today at his Monday press conference uh, later this afternoon. 
what 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 is your uh first thought what is your first question for the head coach uh after that loss uh, i have a feeling jamie apodi should get the first question about the flower incident but i think i would ask him if i wanted to go football related i i think i would ask him more about this kind of newfound commitment to the run here and you know what's he's you know is he just taking what the defense gives him or how bad these defenses are or, or is this something that he feels he needs to do yeah it's an interesting question uh Dalmo brought up the point and he's right I mean the Chargers came in uh 32nd dead last in the league versus the run which is kind of amazing to me after watching him because uh Linball Joseph especially early still looked like Linball Joseph now he's been uh, I think this is his 12th, 13th year summer. He's been around a long time. At one point, he was one of the best nose tackles in the NFL. Um, he looked like it, at least for a short period of time early in the game. Up a lot this year, yeah, maybe, maybe you know, age and, and, and that kind of thing and banged up. Uh, strikes me that they were pretty successful early. And then, you know, Jordan Howard got going again. Boston Scott was effective and obviously Jalen Hurts is a big part of that running game. Um, you know, one of the positives for the Eagles is is down at the goal line. Jordan Howard scored again. So we're talking about Kenny Gainwell scored as well. Um, so that's a lot of rushing touchdowns over the past two weeks. And how, how was Jordan Howard on this practice squad for seven weeks? Well, I, I mean, you have to be realistic when Miles Sanders is healthy. I, I do think the COVID rules give you a little bit of, of, of more, um, more of a freedom to do things in a different way. In other words, before COVID, you couldn't put veterans on the practice squad. And, and, and Jordan Howard deserved to make this team coming out of the summer. I think he would have made this team – under the old rules, I think he would have made the team because you're forced to keep him <laughs> on the 53. Now you can put him on the practice squad, so why not use that avenue? I think that's how the Eagles viewed it. Not that they didn't like him as a player, sort of more of a strategy thing. Now that his elevations are up, you can only elevate a guy twice uh, from the practice squad, they have to put him on the 53 and they will put him on the 53. And I have a feeling I'm never going to see my boy, Mac McCain, because I have a feeling he's going to be the one to go. Um, but yeah, he deserves the team to make this team. But remember when Miles was here, Miles was going to be the, the running back one deservedly. So Boston's got the sort of the, the compliment as, as the running back too. And Kenny Gainwell is the third down back. So, you know, Jordan Howard doesn't play special teams. I don't really have a problem for the way the Eagles handled that, but it was nice to have him when he needed him when Miles Sanders got hurt. Yeah, and that's one thing. It's I'm worried about when Miles Sanders gets healthy. You know, I guess Boston Scott goes back to that he's only on special teams role. If I mean, I'm assuming he's going to stay on the roster because he's yeah, yeah, Boston. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's definitely going to bring up an interesting dynamic with this team. And I have a feeling Nick is going to continue to kind of pound the football and Denver's got a really good run defense. I mean, look what they did to Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard yesterday. That's a prime example. And the Saints are really good uh, 
they have a really good run defense as well. Cam Jordan's having another fantastic year. He's another one. Just seems to get better with age. And the Giants have a really good run defense. But yeah. uh, I think Nick's got to continue to be honest and pound the football. But we are going to see Jalen Hurts throw more than 17 times. You know, I didn't want to go down this. We only have a couple minutes. You'll be back Wednesday when I have uh, COVID testing. Jody Mack's going to be back tomorrow. But I do want you to ruminate about this, Jeb, uh, for when you do come back. Are, is this just a better football team without Miles Sanders? I hate to say it. Um, I, you know, I don't know running backs that well. I think Miles Sanders is a talent. Talent, well, yes. I just don't know what the weakness is. I don't know if it's because he can't catch football because I think he can. I don't know if he's a fit for his offense. I don't know if it's pass blocking. You know, I, I, I don't understand why – this coaching staff just doesn't utilize him the way they should, but they're moving the ball without him. And I, I want to see Nick Sirianni give an honest to God effort with him. Like they, like he's done the last few weeks and it looked like he was going to do that against Vegas before he got hurt. But I want to see this happen with Miles Sanders before I decide, you know, what is this team better with him or not? But it's frustrating yeah. that Miles Sanders did not get these opportunities. You remember Leroy Horde, Jeff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Le Leroy was a hard runner, man. And he had a great quote. He said, if you if you need three yards, I'm going to get you three yards. If you need four yards, I'm going to get you three yards. There's 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 there there's a school of thought in the NFL. If if a play is blocked for four yards, give me those four yards. I think that's what the Eagles are frustrated. Miles tends to try to uh, hit too many home runs. And when he hits the home run, it's great. But if a play is blocked for four yards, you've got to get those four yards. You can't be not hitting the hole, trying to bounce it outside. I think that's the frustration. Is he the modern day for the in Eagles fans terms, Charlie Gardner? You know, he always hit the home run. and never worked. They yeah. go somewhere else and it worked. And and plus, they feel Kenny Gainwell's better as a pass catcher, and he is, and yeah. better as a pass protector, which is kind of an in indictment uh, because he's a rookie. So those are some of the issues with Miles Sanders. But you're right, tremendously talented. But I think it's worthy of bringing up at this point when you see the success of this offense. Now, part of it is just bad luck. I mean, Miles might have went nuts against these two poor run defenses as well. And that's why I think it's a legitimate question. But we'll get into that. I will say, um, this, John, there, there's a team that's probably really hoping he hits the market in two years because I think Baltimore would be all over. Yeah, it's a good point. And he probably will because the Eagles don't want to pay running backs. And he'll probably be worth enough outside of Philadelphia to where they might say, eh, we can just go a cheaper route. Another position the Eagles do not value maybe as much as they should. We got plenty to talk about this week. Jody McDonald will be back from his mini vacation in Key West, Florida tomorrow. Jeff Kerr, you will be back on Wednesday when I have COVID testing, crossing my fingers there. As always, seem to be an uptick in positive, so I'm, I'm hoping to get through this season. Uh, but we're all day-to-day. And we're day-to-day -day on Birds 365, but we're going to be back in 22 hours. Bank on it. More Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.